Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Let's fucking burn it down. Okie doke. Let's burn it down. Let's do it. 2018. Time to burn it down. Cut the, fi- cut the finish line as with your scissors as you run right through it. 2018. Looks like we made it. This is a strange amount of energy to bring to our podcast about I just, wonderful things. Yeah, I just finished recording uh, four hours of another podcast in a row that we're, I don't know if we've announced it yet, but my body is half podcast now. My my blood podcast content, I'm blowing a 0.5 and it's pretty rough out here uh, for a podcaster. And so I, the, I apologize if the tonal in it, you know, how when I talk about master chief and halo and, Oh, okay. It's the video game podcast. It is besties. <laughs> um, when I talk about master chief, I get down here. I get down here because I'm so psyched about shooting. Yeah. Aliens. Well, and, and that's your dude podcast with your dude energy. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of dude gamer energy, but when I'm we do our, asking you to bring your husband. Energy. Yeah. Well, flip side, you could bring your gamer energy, which I would love to hear that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So talk about call of duty for me. But use your gamer voice, please, for me now. Call of Duty is a game where you shoot. I don't know why. It's like Bob Dylan a little bit. Call of Duty. <laughs> Modern Warfare. The times they are changing. That's a really bad Bob Dylan, huh? Uh-huh. It's not very good, huh? Yeah. This is wonderful. It's the other podcast that is not games, except for the times where I do talk about games, and I apologize for that every time I do it. It's this. This is not the venue for it. Hey, you don't have to apologize for what you like, Griffin. Okay, because my first small wonder is the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, it's a weird one, huh? The next one's coming out next month, and I didn't think I was going to get excited for it, but you know, here you I am. You had described this to me, but I yeah. didn't really understand it, I don't think, until I saw a little YouTube footage. Yeah, so we've run out of Mickey-based content for our son to consume. Our son very much enjoys the mouse's work, and we've watched every episode of The Clubhouse and all that, that stuff, and so I dipped into you know, Kingdom Hearts footage, because Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out next month. Uh, I forgot about this. The last Kingdom Hearts game came out in 2005. It's been 13. 13 years. So I was, uh, what, seven, 17, 18 years old when the last game came out. That's buck wild to me. So I didn't think I was going to get excited for it. Cause it's, uh, it's a, it's a very weird game that mixes Japanese role-playing games and Disney. But, uh, here, here I am, here I am getting, getting psyched again. This one's got, um, tangled in it. It's got tangled in it. There's a frozen world. I can't, you know, like, I don't know if you're making a joke right now. Not, no, these are, there's a Toy Story world. How excited are you about that? That'll be cool. Okay. How do, how is this licensed exactly? Uh, Disney's like deep in it's it. It's a Disney product? I mean, it's a Square Enix product. Um, they are the makers of Final Fantasy and such. And so there's Final Fantasy characters up in it too. But then there's also Woody and Buzz. It's never not <laughs> weird. Mickey takes on a sort of pivotal role. And so you see these like shadowy uh, embodiments of evil and darkness, uh, literally putting Mickey Mouse in a chokehold in battle. It's like, it's so good. It's so, it's so weird and so good. Uh, do you have any small wonders, though? I do, actually. And this is not uh, something for everyone's taste. Okay. But uh, I have been listening to a podcast called The Teacher's Pet. Oh, yeah. And I have not been following any of the real-life news story related to it. So I'm just kind of experiencing the true crime story uh, as it happens on the podcast. And I am I am deep in it. It's a good one. It's, it's a good one of the true crime ones. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it. 
I you know I really don't have much of a taste for true crime. Yeah, see, and I know that, and I know a lot of people don't. Uh, and typically, it's not something I seek out. But sure. I was just you know I was looking for something uh, that was real, real life, real, real stories, true stories, even. I, I love that the podcasts you're listening to right now are the true crime teacher's pet, and also stop podcasting yourself. <laughs> I know it's it's a yin and yang. The last episode that they did that we were listening to in our car ride yesterday was very, very good. That's yeah. another small wonder. See, I'm telling you, yeah. it's, it's a good way to spend some time. It's a great show. Uh, so you actually go first this week. Ooh. Yeah. Do you know what your first thing is? I mean, you should know. It's your brain. Yes. My first thing, uh, portmanteaus. Portmanteaus. Yeah. That's a good one. Love to love them, love to hate them. Uh, yeah. I feel like they get wrapped up in puns a little bit and just in the like, in the category of Things that people say they don't like, but actually kind of do. I actually think I weirdly like puns more than I like portmanteaus. And it might just be because Travis tries to make so many of them (laughs) happen on our other podcasts. Uh, A bad portmanteau can really derail a podcast, is what I'll say. And sometimes I edit them out. I've got a secret treasure trove on my computer of portmanteaus (laughs) I've removed from our podcast. So portmanteaus are words which combine the sounds and meanings of two words. Uh, portmanteau itself is a combination of two French words, porter and manteau, which means to carry and cloak, respectively. Did you I know don't, that? No, I didn't, although that's really recursive and amazing, but mm-hmm. I don't know why carry and cloak are the two words that were combined. I wonder if that was the first portmanteau and they're like, well, this is just called this. <laughs> I guess I always like port. You're, you're carrying two, two words, words together, together and throwing and one cloak over It's them. a little cloaked by yeah. the new construction. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. That's a kind of a poetic interpretation. Well, that's you all that's over. Me. Uh, so there there are lots of portmanteaus that I don't know if you even realize are portmanteaus. Uh, yeah, I feel like this next segment is going to melt my mind. So I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and get rid. It's already pretty melted after talking about Master Chief and his friends for four fucking hours. But let's have them. Velcro. Velcro. Yeah. Can I, uh, is it, is, are the root words of those English or are they like Latin? C'est Francais. C'est Francais. Uh, then I don't know. Uh, velours and croche. It was, is Velcro a French? Uh, it means like hooked in, velvet, you know, crochet. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But is mm-hmm. this a French invention, the Velcro? Yeah. So uh, the guy, George de Mestrel, uh, and there's probably a Frencher way to say that. <laughs> Uh, invented Velcro in 1948. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Did you think it was, do you think it was American? No, I just, just like, uh, just I, in your pride for our country and our, no, our industrious history. I didn't just assume it was American. I, I was just, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, what else is on there? Uh, smog. Smog. Do you think Fog about it? and smoke? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Dr. Henry DeVeux. In 1905, uh, used that word to distinguish the difference between real fog and the dangerous smoke fog emitted by coal factories in London. Yeah. Is it smoke fog or is that, isn't that just kind of smoke? I don't think of smog as smoke. I think of it as just kind of like nasty, nasty stuff, which I guess is just smoke and fog. (laughs) Um, I told you I was not, I was going to be non-functional during this segment. Uh, so this next one is not going to surprise you. You've probably heard of brunch. Yeah. But here's the thing that I thought was interesting. There's actually like an origin story for the word brunch, which I mean, I guess isn't hugely surprising, but sometimes you just don't think like 
to me, this has always existed. Yeah, but like a bunch of 1800s millennials were having mimosas at 11 a.m. And they're like, we should call this something. There was an English columnist who wrote a piece titled Brunch, a plea, which asked for a midday meal on Sundays, which he said would make the lives of Saturday night carousers much easier because it gives them enough time to rest Fuck and sleep yes. rather than to be forced to wake up early just to eat breakfast. When was this? When was I, don't, this? I don't have a year on this. Okay, I love it, because this is what mm-hmm. it is. This is what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it's for, brunch. Mm-hmm. I don't brunch anymore, but then again, I don't really party on the weekends anymore. Mm-hmm. But you can still have brunch, because, I guess. you know, this This is a free world with free will. The problem is, if I have brunch, I most of the time sleep through dinner. So it's really no, just the one. that's a good point. Brunch really knocks me the fuck out, especially if I have a mimosa with it. Like, mm-hmm. if I do a heavy one, like a, you know, the the chilaquiles or you know, what, what is the breakfast? Huevos Rancheros. Like, if I do those, like, that's obviously, I'm on the ground. Or like a biscuits and gravy. But this, the biscuits and gravy, I'm mm-hmm. done. But also sweet ones, like a big stack of pancakes or some fancy French toast, that also kills me. So I can't <laughs> eat any of it. And if I have a mimosa with it, fucking forget about it. It's, mm-hmm. to, it's now it is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I leave the restaurant and it's tomorrow. Uh, other words that you all would be familiar with, but were less interesting to me, things like sporks, yeah. for example. Um, chortle is from Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Glass. It's huh. assumed that it was made from a blend of chuckle and snort. All right. And here's an, so this is all from Oxford English Dictionary where I saw a lot of these. They say that bash... Could be was made from a blend of bang and smash, smash? which we know as smang from the <laughs> turquoise jeep song. <laughs> I've not thought of the turquoise jeep song. Let me smang it, girl, smash it, then bang it in mm-hmm. maybe three years. Mm-hmm. So thank you for taking me back. So he could have just said bash. Let me bash. Bat smash it. No, nah, it doesn't work. It's not as good. <laughs> uh, what is it you like about poor mantos? I, I like, I mean, I like the uh, concision of it. You know, you're, you're saving yourself a little time. Yes. Um, I like the kind of the fun construction. I tell you what I like about a portmanteau is that it's almost like a battlefield. It's almost like um, there's almost constantly like a, a, a some combat, mortal combat going on with people who try to create portmanteaus. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, has a new one come up? That, I feel like the last really good one was Frenemy. And then like, did that, and that was a long time ago. Nobody's come up with a good one since Frenemy. But there's a lot of people who try. There's a lot of people <laughs> like my middle brother who I love very much who are like, ooh, I got a new portmanteau. And then they say it and it's like, mm-hmm. that's bad. I would rather mm-hmm. just say the two words, but someday somebody else is going to come up with a fucking good portmanteau, and that's exciting to me. That's what I appreciate or appreciate about it too is that uh, many try, mm-hmm. and when they get it right, it's good. It's, it's good. good. But uh, we're talking about one in every three billion, yeah, that actually fair. stick. Uh-huh. And the last one was friend of me. That's mm-hmm. a good one. I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, my first thing is the holiday. New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. A lot of people sleep on New Year's Eve, right? Because this holiday season that some people people think begins at Halloween and stretches all the way through the end of the year, you know, it peaks at whatever, you know, holiday you celebrate in December. And then New Year's Eve just kind of comes into the cleanup crew, the Zamboni of the year. Although we know, no, the Zamboni is to be celebrated. (laughs) Uh, I love New Year's Eve. I love it conceptually. I love it in practice. I love that it is an event that is a guaranteed sick party because staying a, uh, staying up late is like programmed into it. Things like kissing and champagne are like 
traditions of this thing so it's it's pretty much gonna be a party at least in you know in the states and several other countries that do turn it into a party i i just love that it's like the party holiday and that is wild to me like i can't think of too many others that are just guaranteed party mm-hmm. uh i have loved it since i was a kid we would always host new year's eve at our house um where my mom would make like banging appetizers like chili cheese filled frito scoops and oh, uh, bacon wrapped uh, <laughs> uh little weenies uh, those were absolutely my jam and like all my parents friends would come over and you know they would watch the stuff and talk and socialize while the the kids would usually go upstairs and play with like our Christmas video games like the year the Nintendo 64 came out I was like y'all gotta see this shit uh, that was very exciting and then as I became an adult like I love it now I love it now too because we don't really have many opportunities to go out and and have parties but New Year's Eve is kind of like you're gonna you're gonna do that probably. I, I will say so. A couple caveats for me, and I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, I like New Year's Eve on my terms. Okay. Uh, yes. Like I wouldn't prefer to go downtown. No. Or no. To no. let's say Times Square. Well, a party. I mean, it can be a party at your house, right? It doesn't have to be you going going clubbing or whatever. But if that is your choice, then you are your choice is valid and it's beautiful. I I think that the like b- the party with your friends at your house is like my. Uh, ideal version of New Year's Eve because like I love hanging out with our friends and and doing like special events with them but there's something about the core of New Year's Eve like the symbolic core of the holiday that like when you share it with your friends I think is a really beautiful thing like I I I love the idea of like let's let's all do our best in the coming new year let's all hope for the best for the coming new year let's look forward to what is awaiting us in the new year I think that that's a special thing that like we all decide to celebrate, not necessarily like resolutions, right? I think resolutions can be uh, a harmful thing a lot of the time for certain people. Rather, like I just like the idea of let's be optimistic about what is what is coming, um, because like if you think about it, like the end of a year could be a very like hugely bummer of an event if it weren't for like this thing that we do to celebrate it like if the year just rolled over and you're like well shit did i do enough in the last year like being anxious about what you didn't accomplish the previous year and being uh you know scared of what awaits you in the future uh could be scary you're just like i don't know that big checkpoint of the passage of time of oh god another year is gone like that could be a very psychically upsetting thing and to combat that we have this fucking sick party uh, that we that we get to spend with our friends. I do like it. I I like um, I like that it is it is just kind of a celebration, like on whatever day of the week the thirty first falls yeah. on, yeah. And that there there's not you know any particular religious significance to most people's celebrations. Well, there are some. I mean, it it changes from from country to country, right? No, that's in, true. in America, it is it is pretty much a like party party holiday. I guess it feels more inclusive than sure. a lot of holidays do around here. But what I what I will say is that obviously like different countries, different cultures celebrate New Year's Eve in in, in different ways. There are some where it is a, a much more solemn. Uh, not solemn, but like quieter religious event. There's lots of countries where it is like a, a, a church holiday like Easter is to us. Like we, we are going to church because it is New Year's Eve. Uh, a lot of countries, it's, it is a quieter event that you like spend with your family reflecting on the previous year and, you know, entering the new year as family. Uh, and then there's lots of countries that just tear it the fuck up. Like there's lots of countries that get turned up and 
you know, turn their, their city skyline into this big, wild Technicolor light show. And that is also very cool uh, across all of those, though, like across countries and cultures and time zones. Like there is something universal about the fact that we all do celebrate the coming of a new year. Um, and you know, obviously for some cultures that actually the date can change, it's not, maybe not December 31st, but still like there's something nice about knowing that everybody is like, okay, well this means something, even though it doesn't really mean anything like it, this means something we are deciding that it means something. And the, the, the symbolism of that, the reason that we recognize that the reason that we celebrate, I think is a very, very cool cool thing. No, that is really nice. That I think a lot of people put pressure on like the big spectacle of it and and you know like getting ready for it and then feel like it fails to live up to their expectation, but if you think about it as just kind of the closing of a chapter and the beginning of a new one, it's really nice. Yeah. Um yeah, New Year's Eve. I've always really liked it. I obviously it is overshadowed uh, by Christmas for me and it always kind of has been, but now that I'm getting older, I actually like I don't know. We usually do really fun stuff with our friends on New Year's Eve, and it is a thing that I really, I really look forward to. Yeah. Um, also, it keeps you from fucking up your checks for the first like two weeks of January. That the fact that you make a big <laughs> deal out of the passage of the year, I feel like, kind of makes that burnt into your brain a little bit more. That's my I checks. I love are hearing different. people's like little traditions and things. I like. I feel like I find out about a new one every year. Yeah. Do you remember that year that our friend Tyler told us about the grapes? eating the grapes? Yeah. I always remember that. And then a lot of people. People, what eat like red beans and rice red beans and or... rice i think is one it's the feast of seven fishes tied to new year's eve i could be way fucking off yeah, i'm, I'm probably sure. way way off about that um sure. do you want to know what we did in my house what'd you do uh my parents would order carry out from the pasta house oh and we would eat pasta and salad and then i'd usually be asleep by 10 yeah oh yeah i mean it took me a long time to work up the yeah. the, the vigor to make it past uh make it past 11 o'clock but um yeah i love it i have a very 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 vivid memory of my youth of playing wave race 64 uh with our friends in uh it was one of the years where we didn't host so i was over visiting at somebody's house and we played wave race 64 which is like this jet ski nintendo 64 game we played it all night and we heard the countdown downstairs and we're just like well let's finish this race and like so we missed the ball <laughs> drop and everything because we were doing some sick jet ski stunts i regret nothing <laughs> hey can i steal you away yes please it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible 
that's um they're for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Got any uh, gumbatroms? I do. Hit me. This message is for Miles. It is from Destiny. To my darling Miles, happy birthday. Holy jamoli, I love you so much and I'm so grateful that I get to share my heart and home with you. I love always being the silly to your weird. Love always, Destiny. That's just a good love right there, straight up and down. I knows one when I sees one and that's just good love, folks. You can't beat, and you can't beat that. How appropriate that we get Jamoli on our portmanteau episode, which is a combination of, of Jesus and Moly? No, James. Oh. And, and oily. Oily. The word oily, the <laughs> adjective oily. Uh, this next message is for Trisha. It is from Bethany. Merry Christmas, Mom. I think you are the most wonderful mom ever. I love listening to Wonderful with you and talking about it with you each week. Thank you for being invested in my interests and always supporting me in them. You're the best. Griffin and Rachel, thank you for always bringing a smile to our faces. Mom, I love you so much. I'm so glad we can do that for you. I wish I could bow for you. I wish I could give you like a... A, you know a bow like a respectful bow like you're like you know a performer at the end of the show i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna like hit the mic so you know who are we bowing for everyone the audience <laughs> okay uh this is just a quick reminder that the cutoff date for the wonderful jumbotron drawing is this friday december 21st Yes, do not. Uh, wow, my mic sounds different now. I think it's because I headbutted it. Um, but if you want to enter the drawing to purchase one of our very limited Jumbotron spots on Wonderful, go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron drawing. Uh, we are only accepting personal messages this time. No, no commercial messages. Uh, and the air date is estimated. If you haven't figured that out yet by the uh, like Valentine's October. Although this Valentine's. one was right on time. This one was great. Uh, but anyway, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron drawing and we'll be right back after a word from our uh other another podcast on the network 
Hello, Maximum Fun. I am Oliver Wong, scholar, journalist, DJ, etc. And I'm Morgan Rold. I'm a music supervisor who loves stilettos. We host Heat Rocks, a music podcast where we talk to influential artists and scholars about the albums that changed their lives. On our most recent episode, we had the chance to talk with none other than R&B legend Macy Gray mm. about one of her favorite albums, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by <laughs> Yeezy. We get deep talking about everything from Kanye's college dropout days all the way up to his most recent shenanigans. I just think it's weak, and I don't think he has to do that, and and I was just disappointed. So make sure you, dear listener, are subscribed because you definitely do not want to miss this conversation. Hate rocks every Thursday right here on Maximum Fun. Hey, what's your second thing, numero dos? Your second one. My second one. Yeah. Just in time for the season. Please. Gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird one to like. What a weird one to go for. This is this is the gift card of wonderful topics. I, I couldn't think of anything else. That's so great. It's very Can good. Can I tell you, though, do you remember a time period? Because I definitely do. Yeah. Where, like, that was all I wanted. It is all I wanted. Like, as a teen, yeah. getting a gift card to, like, Best Buy. Yeah, oh, God. It's a it's a key to paradise. Or Old Navy, I guess, for me, too. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I had no money, like, growing. Like, I did not get allowance. Like, I had no personal, uh, you know, fun income. And Especially, so, like, for that aunt or uncle that you see, like, twice a year and you know doesn't know you. Yeah. And so they decide, I'm not going to get you a weird sweater you're never going to yeah. wear. I'm going to get you this, you know, $20 gift card. Uh, and you, you get to spend it as you like. One year, I think my nanny got me like a, or not, it wasn't my nanny. It was somebody gave me like a, a, a $50 Babbage's gift card, which I was like, <laughs> this is basically any video game I wanted. I can, this is alchemy yeah. and I can magically transform this into any video game I want. This is the best present ever. I know. I, I would say, you know, like as you get older, you're less excited about it. But that's true with a lot of things. Now it's money I have to spend here. When you, it, and it's also kind of a guilt trip. We had a Chili's one that just like stared at us like the portrait of Dorian Gray. Like, yeah. God, I really got to spend that Chili's gift card. Can I tell you about a gift card that I just got for this Christmas? Yeah, please. Cracker Barrel. Who gave you a Cracker Barrel gift card? A very sweet coworker I have that does not listen to the show. But can I say something? I would fuck up some Cracker Barrel right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was strange to get. I looked at it and my eyes were just kind of like, oh, this exists. This is a thing that exists. Let's in the go world. to Cracker Barrel this weekend. We can. It's one of those places we could just drop our son, like you know, set him down on the floor somewhere, and Ooh. he'd find a toy to play with. <laughs> Uh, did you know there's a story behind the origin of the gift card? <laughs> <laughs> I know its inventor couldn't think of something better. It wanted to, inv- it needed to invent something. <laughs> uh, they weren't invented till the 90s, which I, yeah. I mean, kind of makes sense, but also was a surprise to me. Uh, the first uh, retail store to advertise and display gift cards, Blockbuster. Wow. Yeah. Before that, it was all like paper coupons and stuff, which okay. people could counterfeit really easily. Sure. And so the gift card was kind of the with like magnetic. We're talking about like the magnetic strip like gift card. Yes. Okay. Yes. Neiman Marcus apparently also had gift cards, but they didn't advertise and display them. It was like it was more of a of an opportunity for people that shop there regularly, not like a here's a gift to give yeah. somebody. Uh 
by 2001, Starbucks was kind of the leader in gift cards. And probably still is to this day. That is such a like, that's probably the gift card I've gotten as a gift more than yeah. more than any by far. In 2012, 1,500 Starbucks gift cards were purchased every minute in the United States Jesus. and Canada. <laughs> Can I say, I don't really go to Starbucks at all anymore. So that's, a, that's another one that I look at like, oh, I guess I got to go to Starbucks and get something. Yeah, I can't imagine doing my whole morning routine of showering and getting dressed and then, and then getting going coffee. And then going to yeah. shop somewhere before I can start my, my business. Yeah. yeah. In 2018, U.S. adults spent $46 billion on gift cards. The National Retail Federation found that the most popular gift category during the recent 2017 holiday season was gift cards, something 61% of consumers said they wanted. When I was researching this, I found a lot of people kind of dismaying the rise of the gift card. Yeah. Because it can be kind of impersonal. But like, yo, buying gifts for people is hard because it, I, it's I, a challenge in how much, how well you know them. A gift card is like, I, I'm, I couldn't figure you out, but here's I something I would useful. argue too, if you are buying something for somebody that you don't know that well, and yeah. I think everybody at the table recognizes that's true, Yeah, then it is almost like, like lease consider it to be like, here's a thing that I'm going to make sure that you take to your house and now you have to do something with it. <laughs> yeah, if you get it wrong, it's like, here's some garbage. And also gift cards for like strangers, you do kind of need to know where they shop. Like you mm-hmm. do at least need to know that because if you give somebody a gift card to a place they don't go again, it's just kind of like a, a guilt trip. It's a weight that rides around in their wallet or whatever. Like Cracker Barrel. Like Cracker. No, we're going to use that. I'm not joking. <laughs> I will use, I will steal it from your person, use it myself one working day. And then again, I will be just done for that day. I used to steal their little syrup bottles and pretend that uh, I would f- clean them out and put like, um, you know, soda or water in them. And I would pretend they were little potions that I would drink while I oh, LARPed Final Fantasy on the playground. That's adorable. Yeah. So do you want to know my second thing? Yes. My second thing is some music and it is a band and the band is called Life Without Buildings. Uh, It's guess what? I saw it on Spotify. (laughs) I actually so this is actually another one that I heard one of their songs um, called The Lean Over, I believe. Uh, I, I heard it a long time ago and I was like, whoa, that's weird and interesting. And then I didn't think about them until it showed up on my weekly playlist. And uh, I listened to the whole album. I've been listening to it a lot this past week and uh, I'm really into it. Can I just say, this has been like a really fucking good year for me finding new music more than any I other. Know. When I think about all of the artists that I discovered, first of all, it's almost exclusively like either bands or solo, like super strong uh, uh, women like singers like women vocalists like uh snail mail and the roaches like these are bands that i've been listening to non-stop those two in particular uh uh, the hop along i just kind of got on board with and i think life without buildings uh fits that that mold also it is an art rock band but fun it's an it's a it's an hard <laughs> rock band and I, it's math rock but good and fun and jump and jumpy and uh, enjoyable. It's a really weird band. Um, the thing that sort of makes it one of a kind uh, and sort of demands your attention. I don't think this could be a song that you've never heard before and it comes on like over the speakers of like a coffee shop and you ignore because it's very like it stands out. Um, 
uh, is because of the vocals uh, that are provided uh, by Sue Tompkins, who is a uh, painter and visual artist and like poet and sound artist. Uh, she's from Glasgow, and uh, the whole band actually is formed from uh, ex-students of the, the Glasgow School of Art. Uh, the band formed in 1999. They got together. Uh, they played some live shows. They got picked up by a label. They recorded a few singles. They recorded this album uh, in 2001. It was originally released in the UK, and then in 2002, they broke up. Got in, did their thing, wow. made a record, got out because it stopped being fun, uh, and... It's really, really good. Um, I guess the kind of energy that's necessary to put out a song like that, like you really have to be into the being in this band. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Basically, they they said like it was we didn't think it was going to take off and it kind of took off and we weren't like we didn't really want to be committed to it. So that was it. We've kind of danced around like how unique the vocals are. And so now I'm going to play a little bit of uh, a song off of their only album, the album uh, Any Other City. Uh, and it'll kind of give you an idea. There's probably going to be some people who this is not for. Totally get it. Uh, for those who do, I, I hope you enjoy it. Here's a little bit of Let's Get Out. so good and this is not like uh this is not uncommon like this is how every song on the album sounds this is how uh this is how sue Tompkins like spoke saying in in all of the all of the songs and it it there's something sort of discordant about it discordant's not the right word but the like the the meter of what she's say say singing doesn't always fit up with the 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 backing instruments which i also feel like it uh ignored like the actual like backing music the, the band actually started as an instrumental band and then uh they they discovered sue Tompkins and uh n- not discovered but uh decided to, to include her in the band because they thought the way that she spoke saying was so like interesting uh the the backing music kind of reminds me of like harvey danger like that like late 90s early aughts kind of crunchy guitar sound i'm very very into that but obviously like the vocals are so so weird and sublime um and like it took me a couple listens i think i was so intrigued by it that i was like i'm gonna listen to this a little bit more and it took me that long to like decide whether or not i actually really liked it or not and i did back in its day it was sort of critically panned a lot largely because like people could not get down on on those vocals but it was re-released i believe in 2012 this you know only album this band ever made uh and since then it's been more of a sort of like cult band that like a lot of people have come to enjoy yeah it feels really familiar to me i was telling griffin it reminds me of something and i can't put my finger on it exactly like it is a really unique sound but maybe it's just that kind of that like grungy crunchy yeah it's the, the music certainly is is very familiar yeah. to me like that is the that's the kind of like uh rock you know type music that i grew up enjoying i referenced harvey danger like that's it really really reminds me of that maybe but the Sonic vocals Youth, are some, maybe yeah i maybe give you that's that what it is i don't I, know i'm trying to i'm trying to pin it i can't 
Um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's not really like any band that has ever come before or done it again, largely because of, of uh, you know, Sue's Sue's vocals. Um, and I don't know. It's kind of a bummer that there's not more music from this really unique band. There's just this one album. There's a live uh, show like a record that they put out also. Um so like I'm sad that there's not more music from them because I've been really getting into it this week. Uh, but I really appreciate when like a label or a, when an uh, like an artist or band can like create something really new and fresh and then like stop when it stops being enjoyable for them. Um, I think that that's a I don't know. I think that's cool. I'm I'm glad for them that they made a thing that that was neat and then stopped because it stopped being stopped being you know fun. Uh, there's a Pitchfork review actually of the re-release of the album that really like summarizes my like what I think is great about the band. Uh, it, it reviewed this album very, very um, positively. I think like 8.6 or something like that, which from Pitchfork is quite good. Um, they said, this record is all about the wild wisdom of youth. Here are four musicians who have managed to recreate that sense of wonder and invention and play that most people, and less, let's face it, bands, lose when they get older. Look around, Tompkins insists. Just information in the leaves, in the leaves, in the leaves. The phrasing is a bit a little awkward, like an expression stammered out before you knew the proper rules of grammar or a big word uttered before you knew how to pronounce it right. But who cares? If the sound doesn't exist, she seems to be saying invent it, which is exactly what Life Without Buildings did. That's such a good review. Yeah. Every once in a while, I remember what actual like music criticism sounds like, and yeah. I realize how much we fall short. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, we haven't done maybe a great job of talking about Life Without Buildings, but uh, I don't know. I've been a fan of theirs for about five days now, so get off my, get off my case. <laughs> I, I think they're neat, and I think that uh, they don't sound like anything else I listen to, and so like I, it's been it's been a nice way to cap out this year of musical discovery with a you know discovering this this new long dead act. Of, yeah. Yeah, and I will say that that's one thing I like about doing this show with you is yeah. I feel like it really like makes us kind of look out in the world for new things to be excited about. Yeah, that's uh, that's the that's the idea. <laughs> uh, so that's been our episode. Quick programming note uh, before we get to the user submissions. We will not be putting out an episode next week because it's uh, the week of Christmas and it would require us to record on Christmas Day, which we won't even be home for that. So Yes, we will be in West Virginia. We'll be in West Virginia. Celebrating with the entire McElroy bunch. Yes, but we hope you have a, a, a lovely uh, Christmas week, a lovely holiday, uh, whatever whatever you celebrate. We hope you all have a, a very, very excellent two-week break before our next Ooh, episode. New Terrace House on Netflix, by new the way. New Terrace y'all. House is out. Oh, yeah. That is why we're recording this at like 4 p.m. and not in the <laughs> evening so we can watch Terrace House tonight. Um, yeah, it's been a, this has been our first like full year doing wonderful and it's been really really great and um the show is like turned into something and the community around it has turned into something like that is a very great positive force in in my life and i hope in uh the people who listen to it in some small way so uh thank you all very much for that and thank you to rachel for being being the best co-host ever and just a really supportive wife a wonderful partner through which i uh i've i'm exploring the valleys of this life She's with she. She walks with me. She is my rod and staff. She comforts me. And so. you're my rod and staff, Griffin. Good. So uh, here's some submissions from our friends at home. Brandon says, "I'm a mailman, and every year all of the carriers collect letters to Santa that kids have put in their mailbox. They're so adorable in the post office response to each letter. It makes me so happy, and it gives me the fuel to keep working hard." Did you ever do this? Do what exactly? Write a letter to the red man. 
Oh, see, we call the red man Elmo in the house. So that's, oh, that's true. Yes, that's true. Uh, <laughs> He's more of a baby. He's more of like a talking w- weird baby. I don't remember mailing letters to Santa. I remember leaving them on the table next to the, you know, cookies or Oh, for or sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, here's one from Kinney who says, I find the little crackles of static electricity that occur when taking off a sweater in the winter to be such a wonderful occurrence. Sweaters, sweaters are charged up from the friction of rubbing up against our bodies or other layers of clothes and cause the air between the two surfaces to get ionized, causing a rapid heating of the air, which we recognize as the little pops of static electricity. Mm. Fun little science lesson in there and also something cool. Did you ever used to take certs into like a dark room and like break them in your teeth and they'd spark? You know, I remember, I I do remember that. Life, lifesaver, not lifesaver, breath, wind, there was another like winter, <laughs> wintry ring based event that I can't remember the name of now. Breath savers? I don't know. Uh, Allie says, my wonderful thing is when you run out of printer ink and panic because you need to print an important document, but then you take out the cartridge and shake it so that it magically, you get a few more pages to print. Such a relief. Didn't know you could do this. I've wasted a lot of money on printer ink. You definitely can. I remember this. I still try this sometimes. I don't know if this is even the way they are made anymore. No. I remember it definitely used to be. You prime it. You you suck the cap a little bit just to prime it. Just to get the flow going a little bit. (laughs) Uh Don't do that. Do not do that. Printer ink is probably pretty toxic, maybe. Uh, That's it. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song. Oh, if people want to send in wonderful things, where should they do it? Oh, go to wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Don't go to it. It's not a website. But send your shit there. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the uh, episode description. Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Such a great network. So supportive. Great friends. Good country music that they have, <laughs> that they play on their radio station. Shows like... Stop podcasting yourself. And Heat Rocks. And Heat Rocks. And Stop Podcasting Yourself Again. It's a great show. I'm going to recommend it twice. Uh, All at (laughs) MaximumFun.org. Two Stop Podcasting Yourselves are waiting for you at MaximumFun.org. And we have a website. It's McElroy.Family. Are we done, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think we're done for the year. Any any wisdom you want to share about 2018? Uh, You know, pee first. That's just good advice. Some pee first? Pee first. So Before what? For sometimes Do you have to pee right now? No. No. This is a life lesson that I have learned as a new mother. <laughs> yeah. Which I still consider myself. A lot of times you will think there's something I need to do. Yeah. And I need to do it immediately. Yeah. But I really have to pee. Yeah. Pee first. It's never worth it. It's never worth it. During besties, I snuck away to pee while they were talking about other <laughs> shit and I didn't tell them. I did it twice. <laughs> This is like a fun little like appendix. If you listen to Besties this year, try to pick out the times where I just ghosted so I could go pee because I didn't pee first, mm-hmm. but it's four hours. There's several sort of pee instances that happen in there. Uh, yeah, pee first. I pee before I leave the house to go to daycare uh, to get to get my son. And then I pee while I'm there just in case it happened. And that's a 20 minute span, folks. I take this shit real seriously. So from all of us at Wonderful Industries, thanks for a great 2018 Looking forward to a beautiful 2019. Rachel, I love you more than anything in the whole world. I love you too, Griffin. And pee first.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Welcome back to WKEP at night. Up next, looks like we've got a PSA from local forest ranger Duck Newton. Do I start now or? Yeah, I lean in, Duck. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, I, I wanted to address the unfortunate situation that. Okay, listen, two people, good people that I and a lot of y'all have known our whole lives are dead. Torn to shreds by... A savage, uh, bloodthirsty beast that defies human comprehension. If you'd like to know more, stop by the Cryptonomica, Kepler's premier museum of the macabre. Just off highway... Come come on, we just wanted to warn y'all, to beg you. If you see one of those things out in the forest, don't fight. Don't scream. Run. Run as far as you can. Doc, it's almost midnight. Listen, folks, if you see anything, please go to thelamplighter.org and let us know. And get behind a locked door tonight. Anything else we need to... Oh, they're leaving. Okay, well, that's thelamplighter.org. And stay safe out there, Kepler. <laughs>